My absolute favorite part of Christmas happens on Christmas Eve. As a youngster, I would sing in the church choir at the 5 p.m. worship service. It was the fullest service by far that was offered throughout the day. The red brick sanctuary at my home congregation would be packed with a couple hundred people squished into the long wooden pews. The service would be busy and bustling with the rustle of coats and bulletins. Children would whisper to each other throughout the sermon and the prayers. There was such excitement and joy in the air. It, we all knew what was coming, and it was just so hard to contain that joy. We couldn't hold it in anymore. But near the end of the service was my favorite part. The room would get dark, and one by one, everyone in that holy space would light a candle. The fidgeting and whispering would cease, and a hush would fall on the sanctuary as everyone would hold up their candles and sing Silent Night in quiet, reverent voices. When I close my eyes, I can still feel the heat of all the candles, smell the flowers on the altar, and hear the voices of my friends and family reverberating off the brick walls. In that moment of quiet, I almost feel transported back to what I imagine it was like those first few moments when Mary held baby Jesus in her arms in the quiet of night, those precious moments filled with love and hushed wonder. But this year, we will not gather by the hundreds. The only candles we will burn are the ones within our walls of our home. And the only voices that will sing of the silent night are ours. This year, our expectations have been shattered and our plans disrupted. And in the midst of this frustration, I find myself more and more thinking of Mary. Mary, whose life was inconceivably disrupted by God that fateful day when the angel Gabriel visited her in Nazareth and announced to her that she would give birth to the Son of God. Mary, who for nine months carried a strange worry, anxiety, and needful hope. Mary, who proclaimed this beautiful prayer that we read just moments ago. I feel as though this season, the story of Mary a young girl whose life was totally changed with a single announcement might speak to us and touch us in ways we had not expected. According to scripture, the day that Gabriel made that divine announcement to Mary, her life was suddenly filled with the unexpected. Imagine a teen mom who is living in a world where the consequences of becoming pregnant with a baby who is not from your betrothed could range from being cast out from the community to being put to death. 
who had to, who had to travel across the country by foot at nine months pregnant, and who had her baby while squatting in a barn because there was no vacancy at the only inn in town. In almost every retelling of the night of Jesus' birth that I have witnessed or heard, it always seemed so sweet and gentle, like my memories of singing Silent Night in the sanctuary on Christmas Eve. But I think this year, more than ever, we need the roughness of that story, its jagged edges and the things that make our breath catch. We need to hear how this young girl faced every challenge that life could possibly throw at her and somehow managed to do this impossible thing. We need to hear about Mary's resilience in the midst of all that struggle because we are struggling this Christmas. Perhaps there is something in her story that we might draw from, some tidbit that sustained her that during this difficult time in her life as she waited, carrying a child that filled her with wonder and uncertainty. This Christmas, we too are carrying something that fills us with great wonder and uncertainty. Exactly to the day, nine months ago on March 20th, it was announced to us that we would be going into quarantine and social distancing for some ever-expanding amount of time. Who could have really known the impact of this virus, how much it was going to change our lives? That this time of isolation would be charged with such social and political energy and less places to expel that energy. A few weeks passed, then a month, then six months, in what seemed to be a never-ending march of what's next. And this year has most certainly been accompanied by loss for so many of us. We've lost jobs, homes, friendships, and loved ones. And sometimes, depending on the day, we might have even lost hope. We have felt isolated from people and places, these things that sustained us and kept us going. Advent and Christmas are some of those sustaining things, symbolic celebrations of hope and reaching the halfway point through the dark of winter. And here in this season that, mean, that is meant to fill us with such joy, celebration, and excitement, it has been replaced with something different. On that first Sunday of Advent, I remember gathering here in this space, this empty sanctuary, to record worship. I listened to O Come, O Come, Emmanuel play, and I remember tightening in my chest and blinking back tears that threatened to fall and ruin my beautifully crafted Advent makeup. These were not just normal tears, they were tears of heartache and anger and frustration 
This sanctuary should be filled with joyful, smiling faces. We should be embracing and singing together. But instead, we are watching and waiting. We wait for the day when it's safe to gather and hug and God to sing together. We are waiting and wondering and hoping and praying. We are holding our breath in sacred, pregnant silence for the Christ child to come. We are holding our breath just as Mary held her breath. And I remember as the music swirled around me, praying, oh God, come, be with us. I can't say that those tears were an isolated incident. I probably still would have cried, even if the room was bustling and full of people, just maybe for different reasons. Frankly, this time of year feels like everything is conspiring to make me cry. Everything from sappy Hallmark channel movies to almost every single Christmas-themed commercial. I can't get through a 30-minute sitcom without dissolving into a mess. My heartstrings are just so easily pulled. Please tell me I'm not the only one who feels this way. <laughs> but I remember one evening seeing such commercial. Uh, I wouldn't say that it was a heartwarming commercial, but it was definitely a real one. There was a family together on a quiet evening decorating their Christmas tree. The parents and the youngest daughter were putting ornaments on the tree while the older daughter sat on the couch and stared miserably at the ceiling. After a few moments of quiet, she sighed and said, it doesn't even feel like Christmas. Then turning to her sister, who was placing an ornament on the tree, she snapped, you're doing it wrong. It's all wrong. They might as well cancel Christmas. They've canceled everything else. The little girl put down her ornament and walked out of the room. The older sister, upon seeing the expressions on her parents' faces, went to fix what she had done. She stood in the doorway to her sister's room, and a silence fell between them. Then the older sister quietly started singing. He sees you when you're sleeping. He knows when you're awake. The two sisters quietly finished singing the verse together. They looked at each other and softly smiled. Then to end, the word believe came on the screen. There were no words that could comfort the feeling of the two sisters, only a song. They sang through their heartache, not because they believed in that moment that Christmas would come, but because they needed to believe that Christmas would still come. When I tell you that I totally lost it in that moment, I mean it. I had to turn off the TV and I had to go meditate for 20 minutes. I just lost it after that two minute long commercial. I'm such a sap. 
But what that commercial, I feel, was trying to portray is the same thing that Mary's prayer from our reading today is expressing. I always thought that this song of Mary's was one of celebration and joy. But when I look at the scripture today, nowhere does it say that Mary was joyful, only that she prays. Mary went to visit her cousin and upon meeting her, received a strange welcome as the baby in Elizabeth's belly leaps at the sound of Mary's voice. A reminder of just how much Mary's life has and is about to change. I imagine Mary fighting back tears as she says this prayer, not knowing what to make of all this that God has planned for her. Just like the two little girls singing their way into belief, Mary cries out, maybe with a shaky voice, praying her way into belief reminding herself that God, whose child she is carrying, is a God who fills the hungry with good things, who protects the weak with a strong arm, who lifts up the lowly and brings the powerful down from their thrones. This is a God who loves her. Maybe it wasn't Mary's love for God that sustained her in this moment, but her belief in a God who loved her. Maybe she reached back to all those stories that her mother had told her of God, of how God protected the people as they fled from the Egyptian forces in pursuit of freedom. How God put pillars of fire in the desert to light their way. How the Lord fed people when they wandered in the wilderness, starving and scared. How when the people lacked belief, God showed them signs and miracles and promised that they would always be his people and he would always be their God. It's Mary's belief in a God who loves that sustains her throughout her life. Through her pregnancy, through giving birth to God with us in a dirty, smelly barn with the animals to watching her child grow in strength and wisdom. It's God's love for her that sustains her when she had to look at her son, the same son that she held in her arms when he was tiny and crying as he suffered and died on the cross. It's that same love that will sustain us in this season, this winter of the soul. It's that love of God that we are waiting for during Advent, that we hold our breath for on Christmas Eve, because we know that it's God's life-changing love that is born into this world on that night in Christ Jesus. God comes to us to bring good news, a promise of love and hope in the midst of our worry and anxiety. Maybe this season, we are feeling like that teenager in the commercial who says, it doesn't even feel like Christmas. We are protecting our hearts from the joy of this season because we don't know if it will truly come. But God has come. 
And maybe, like Mary, we need to pray our way into belief. Pray, sing, shout, and dance our way into believing in a God who came to dwell among us, who was born into this world just like we were, and who came and is coming to redeem it, to free us from injustice and hurt, to heal us and bring us back together in love. Maybe we need to pray our way into believing this season in a God who loves us with his whole heart, so much so that he died for us. And just like Mary, we are invited to bring love into this world this Christmas. For nine months, we have been carrying so much within us, not knowing what the future will hold or what God's plans for us are. But we can make a way in our heart for God's love to restore us. Fill us and bring us hope. We can believe in God's love and share it with one another through our kindness, our mercy, and our hope. Our hope in that Christ child, God, come to earth and born to a young girl named Mary. Amen.